This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Monday edition of Spits and Suds. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. And we kind of have the Super Bowl of hockey that we'll get into uh, tomorrow night. Probably the largest matchup uh, of the year that the Stars will face. Ticket prices are are just going crazy for tomorrow night's game against the Boston Bruins. But we welcome in our... EP ringside friend, our Shapshot friend, our NHL guru, and the co-host of Spits and Suds. He's Sean Shapiro. How are you, my friend? Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? I did. I did. It was good. It was. Uh, I'm in that weird stage of life with where I've got young kids who are two and four. So we did the pre-Super Bowl party party thing with like a couple of people of kids similar age, ordered some pizza, and then like. At like six forty-five, fifteen minutes into the game, everyone left, and so then, so then you get kids to bed, and then you rejoin, it, and then you kind of rejoin it for the second half. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the uh, so yeah, the Super Bowl. It was more of a Super Bowl pregame party, and then uh, relaxingly watched a pretty good game myself from the couch after getting the kids to bed. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that that is a. Uh... That is awesome. Well, uh, Stars had plenty of uh, chances, ran into a wall, and Andre Vasilevsky on uh, on Saturday, um, which is kind of – that's what I love about goalies, especially elite goalies like Vasilevsky. Gets kind of lit up by the Panthers earlier in the week and then decides to shut down the Stars on uh, Saturday. But certainly uh, lots of chances. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on Saturday. Yeah, to me there's a – the real lesson from that game and, and stars obviously had some good chances. They were in Vasilevsky was great. Um, the thing about that team, and I think it's, it's, it's the space where you want to be. Um, and for, in most, in most losing that game to Tampa, it's actually, it's not a bad loss. Honestly, it's, 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 it's a, it's a tight fought game against, and your backup goalie actually, went toe to toe with one of the best goalies in the world and, and, and you lost in the end. But to me, that game is just a reminder of you watch how that game ends and you watch the finish to it. And that's the norm for Tampa, right? Like that, they are the goal. That's the reason they are the gold standard. They are the, they go through, they, they have the space where when a game is on the line, minutes left, tight game, they get the job done. And I, it, it's just, it's something where when you look at where the stars want to be and need to be, if I mean, need is a need is a, from a fan want, but from where every NHL team wants to be, you look at Tampa and you look at games like that as the example of this is what they do on the mundane Saturday in the middle of the season. This is how they get the job done. This is how, 
It's Victor Hedman jumping into making a great play and finding Sorelli for the, the little tap in and ev- everything like that. It's it's those little things where you look at what Tampa does and you look at what they've done for the last three, four or five years. And as any NHL team, you start to think like, okay, why do they do that? Why do they do this way? And for me, one of the big things for the Tampa game is you look at the way Victor Hedman, and I give you credit on this, Gavin, there's something where you brought up before where it's like, you'd like to see more from Miro offensively, yes. right? And to me, there's a part of Victor Hedman's game that I would love to see Miro pick up with a little bit of confidence and a little bit of, um, and Hedman's always going to be a little, is always going to be a more offensive purely from a, from a pure counting numbers thing, but I'd love to see more of the it moment type of thing we saw to Hedman, right? Like you watch that play, you watch Victor Hedman in the third period. He has, there's that killer instinct that I'm going to decide what happens in this game. The game is coming from my stick. I'm not, I'm not letting, I'm not, I'm going to make sure that my team is winning this game. And I would, that's something where you look at, I think the stars have some guys with part of that instinct. I think Jason Robertson has it. Um, I, I think there's just, there's, something you'd like to see the stars and and, it, and and winning does this and winning builds that, but it's one of the, one of the few, it's not even a criticism. It's just one of the few notes that I would apply to Miro Hishkinen's long-term prognosis is how do you become that it guy offensively when the game's on the line yep. in the moment? Not yeah. like we, we always know he's going to make the right play. He's going to break up the, the chance and, but how do you be the active it guy versus the reactive it guy? And that's what I just want to see from Miro. And I just, that's what I came away from thinking about that game. It's just so much of Victor Hedman basically deciding in that moment, like, okay, we're going to go win this game in regulation. And they did. Well, he's just so special as is Stamkos, yeah. as is Vasilevsky. And, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's if those guys were playing in yeah. New York, they'd be featured every week. And, <laughs> you know, but I mean, Tampa, you know, Cooper's an awesome coach and, and it's interesting because the Lightning have really struggled on the road. They've just been so dominant at home, but have struggled on the road. So uh, they put together a nice effort on uh, on Saturday. And I agree with you. The fact that the Stars are, you do look at Tampa and say, we need to be that. But the fact that the Stars have played Carolina, I'll say toe-to-toe, have played Tampa toe-to-toe. We'll see how they fare against the Bruins. But in the meeting, uh, up north in Boston, I thought they played well. Um, so against the what I think of as the top tier teams in the NHL, um, the Stars are not backing down and they're playing, you know, really, really strong hockey. And that to me is a positive sign as we make our way toward the playoff. Two observations. I wanted to ask you, were you surprised at um, the net change and Ottinger not getting the start on Saturday? A little bit. Yeah, I was too. Uh, one, I was too. A little bit. Yeah. One thing that I was actually kind of surprised of too, um, it's there's been a couple times this year where, um, and part of it is like I don't I don't expect coaches to pick their opponents based off of TV schedules or anything like that. Obviously, but um, like it's been a, there's been I think there's a turn there's a TNT game. Yep. Um, earlier in the year that that Wedgwood started. There's been a couple like there's been a couple games like that where it's been 
Wedgwood has gotten the start in the quote unquote prime time slot. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, it's just an interesting observation. I, I, I do wonder, and this is probably, this is a, this, I do wonder, and this would be a great question for someone to ask at Pete DeBoer is if there was always going to be, um, I thought you would play him against Tampa, but I do wonder if there was the thought process of we're going to give Wedgwood, um, we're going to give Wedgwood one of the coming out of the all-star break. We're going to give Wedgwood um, one of the first four games. And since, and I wonder if they basically made the decision to go with, let's go with giving Jake the choice between Tampa and Boston. I do. I do wonder if that came up. I wonder if there was a, well, if you play Jake against Tampa, you, we got to go to Wedgwood and we, we either go with Wedgwood against Boston or he's going a full, two weeks without playing two, two, almost three weeks without playing. So I do wonder if that conversation comes up. Um, I personally would have, if anything, I know it would have been tight and it would have been like, if anything, I actually would have played um, looking back on this week. And obviously hindsight being 2020 is always, always easy, but like I actually would have played Wedgwood the first game of the break out of Anaheim. I would have yeah. said like, like, hey, Jake, like, I know you didn't go to the all-star game, but we're going to treat you like an all-star. We're going to give you, you you're going to, like, we're going to give, we're playing the Ducks. So we're going to, we're going to give that one to, to the backup and Minnesota, Tampa, Boston, three in a row of playoff bound, great teams, or right. two great teams and a big central division. of. I would, I would have looked at it that way. And then play them um, again against Columbus. It, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that that's how I would have done it. Yeah, me too. Um, so like a little bit, little bit surprising, but more so, I guess, I guess now as I talk about it, the fact that Jake played against the Ducks, that's the game that I probably would have started with. Yeah, so. yeah, and I mean that's not a knock against Wedgwood who yeah played pretty well. Um, it's mm-hmm. just yeah, I like to see my elite against my elite, you know. And I agree with you, even though I know coaches don't think of it and front office don't think of it is. If you're going to feature the stars on national television, Jake Ottinger probably needs to be in your net. And I know that doesn't that yeah. that doesn't factor into their decision, but you know, to get in the spotlight, you can't sit your best players. You know. So it was a, it was interesting. Now, my other comparison's kind of funny because he is getting a lot of chances, playing real well since, you know, coming back, but every time Dennis Gurionov gets a chance, I just keep thinking of the Matias Yanmark. Remember that year he was just so snake bitten, Sean? Yeah. And like he'd get breakaways, he'd get everything. And like I'd be in the stands and wouldn't even stand up because I'm like, no, not going to go in. You know, and I just feel it's, like, you know, he's just snake bitten at this at this point. But I mean, he is showing good hustle. He's been better. Like he has been better. He's yeah. He's been better. He's He's finding a little bit of a groove, but it's still because of and once again we often talk about contracts on this show but it's just the reality of it it's hard for me to find um find a fit for him at this stage of his career if he's not going to put the puck in the net right and that's just the that's just the reality of it to me and and um like for example and we talked about mason marchman last week like mason marchment as much as he is uh struggling to put the puck in that he's still being that physical guy he still yep. brings elements to the game when he's not scoring as much as i with what he's being paid he needs to score um Karyanov needs for his role and his spot in his career for what he was brought here to do and everything like that 
if he's not scoring, I don't have much use for him in the in the lineup. So it's you got to He has he has to start putting the puck in. I mean, he's got now. It's does he have two goals this season? I think is that what it is? Yeah, two goals. So, so two goal like two goals. He's shooting. I mean, he's shooting at three point two percent, which is obviously uh, rather low. It's he's got he on average he shoots around. 10% for his career. So he's probably, but even if he was like, even if you want to say, Oh, it's just a bad shooting year, he still only would be at like six or seven goals, which is still not nearly enough for what Dennis Guriana needs to be, to be a viable lineup option for me. So he's getting better, but like, how does he not become Matthias Yanmark? Matthias Yanmark's a great case where Yanmark is basically was a good story in Dallas coming off the injury is an okay player that does some other things, but then has bounced around to Chicago to Vegas to Edmonton. Like yeah. just kind of became that, like how does Giryanov not become Matthias Yanmark is, yeah. is the question. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We shift to tomorrow night and massive game. Um, and looking at the schedule, the Bruins lost two to one on Saturday, so they'll come in well rested. And I believe, I'm guessing, Allmark will get the start. And I, I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah, 33 games played, Sean. 26 wins, four losses, one in OT. Goals against 1.90. Save percentage 9.37. He had a good year with Boston the year prior, but am I safe to say this came out of nowhere in that when we were watching him in Buffalo, we did not think that he would, I don't want to say run away for the Vesna, but I mean, he would be a Vesna even candidate when he was in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, I actually wrote about him last week over at EP ringside and I talked to Linus a little bit at the all-star game. He's someone who he is even admits like this was not, the full expectation and, and and even more remarkable in what he's doing this year beyond the um it, it's it's one thing to just to have the number the year he's having where it's just like but it's another thing to do it in a year where the typical goaltender is 
is struggling. Like it, it's like like you have like you look across the the league, and it's um, like we've talked about it quite a bit here on on the show. Where like in Seattle, you've got a you got a starter who's right around nine hundred, and they're going to be in the playoffs. You've got Phoenix Copley is around a nine hundred two, I think, and he's uh, considered a hero in LA right now. Like as good as like as much as a like a Peter Kochetev in Carolina is, is praised. Like he's at a 913 save percentage. He's like, it's in a year when the rest of the goaltending world has taken a step backwards, um, aside from a, the elite really group group of six goalies almost, like Olmark is just going above and beyond. And and obviously it it's much easier to play behind the Boston Bruins than it is other teams. Like I am actually more impressed with um, I'm more impressed with Jake Ottinger's 926 save percentage in Dallas than I am with Linus Olmark's 937 in Boston. Like just just from a pure economics of the workload and the difficulty, Jake Fakes is a much more difficult workload than than Olmark does in Boston on a on a nightly basis. And that's and, and that's just because the, and the Stars are are a good team too. But what that Boston team is incredibly elite. So take um, us take us for a second. Take us inside the goalie mask as a yeah. former slash current rec goalie. Um, <laughs> when you know you're opposing, I mean, because yeah, obviously it's not like you're dropping the face off and you're going at it, you know. But from a psychological standpoint, are both looking at the other side and say, "I want to stand on my head tonight because I'm going to prove I'm the better goalie on the ice," or is it just another game? Um. It depends on the person. Now, to give you an insight into Jake Ottinger's psyche, Jake Jake will look at this as a chance to... Um, Jake's got a bit of that silent assassin in him. He's someone who... It's the same... We, I think we've talked about it on this show, or at least I've written about him many times. Uh, he's the guy who loves playing road games. He's the guy who loves being the black hat that comes into town and ruins your night. And so, like, he is... He and, he and part of his call, his calm, incredibly impressive demeanor is how he is able to kind of um, take these little motivations that we know from talking to people who know Jake well, that he uses them as as momentum, but doesn't he use it? He, ta- he doesn't he, ta- he doesn't take them as slights. He just takes them as momentum right? Mm-hmm. and momentum and like not going to the all star game is something that that Jake will use as a slight that he will use to, it'll just add to the ball of motivation playing on the road. So playing against the guy who leads the league in save percentage, he's second in the league in save percentage. Like that's going to be something where he's going to, he's going to feed off of that. There are some goalies who are, who are more in their own world um, to say it. Um, I think Olmark is actually one of those guys. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say this. This is just more of my read on Olmark. So not knowing this 100% true, but just my read on Olmark is Olmark's a little bit more in his own world, which is why he probably fits pretty well in Boston. Um, he doesn't need the the success he's having this year. Isn't He didn't need to have this success to validate himself, for lack of a better word. Um, so like Olmark's a little bit more of his own world guy. Um, there's some guys like... Uh, 
like even like when Ben Bishop played, Ben Bishop really didn't really care about the guy on the other end of the ice, um, which is why it was kind of funny when, uh, do you remember in the 2019 series when, uh, when uh, uh, why uh, Jordan Bennington slashed Ben Bishop like near the bench, right? I remember do that? remember that, yes. Like Bennington clearly cared about the guy on the other end. Ben Bishop like couldn't even didn't care at all who was at the other end of the ice. And so I it's 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 there's kind of there's two schools of thought on it. And you have Ottinger is a guy who will feed off feeds off so many things and he's able to isolate things into various uh, mo- momentum or motivative boxes then to use them as to to overly worry about them and that's incredibly impressive. Um and uh I I think we'll, we'll see a He'll relish the opportunity against the best team in the league. He also, will. also um, want to point out if you're watching the game tomorrow night, those are not two shooting guards in net because both <laughs> stand at six foot five. And mm-hmm. it is amazing. I was actually, it's interesting this matchup because I was watching TNT the other night with the broadcast and Darren Pang. And Pang's just such a huge fan of Ottinger. But mm-hmm. just looking at the size of Pang and saying, wow, that was an NHL goalie. And, you know, I'm not saying because obviously Anton Hudobin's not the biggest guy. and But, I mean, we certainly are seeing the trend now that not only is the agility of goaltenders better than it ever has, but the size is incredible to see now. It's, um, have you ever seen the, I think it was in 2014, there's a, it's actually a photo from the, Darren Pang went to the lightning practice and put on Ben Bishop's gear and Ben Bishop put on Darren Pang's. Gear. I do remember it's, that. Yes. It's an, it's, it's an amazing photo. Yeah. Um, and it's the NHL is at a spot where, and hockey's at a spot now where if you're a short goalie or even an average height person, you almost need not apply for, yeah. to, to get to the NHL. I mean, UC Soros is uh essentially and and anti-ranta is i think anti-ranta is technically listed as six foot but anti-ranta is definitely not six feet tall yeah i've been um but like uc saros is a, is a unicorn at 510 in the NHL. yeah um and you're and seeing like those yeah. those smaller guys sean now becoming defensemen or forwards like what you know i mean you know five yeah, nine defensemen or five nine forward it doesn't it's just it's the sport is getting so much bigger and faster and it's just it's become the space where it it almost has become a bit of a uh self-fulfilling prophecy in a way at times where it becomes teams now teams have such a hard time thinking about drafting because like for every uc saros that comes through it's one thing to be like oh we could get the next uc saros but you could also go and list the all the other guys under sub six foot that didn't make it too. And it's just, it's become now you have to almost be a monster in net to get that opportunity in the first place. It just takes, especially in North American hockey. Um, I think I, I, this is a theory. Um, this is a theory that I kind of look at, right. I, I think as we move forward and as, sports become more and more specialized and everything like that. I think the concept of the short goalie is going to really limit us to seeing the short goalie out of Europe, because I think so often in 
North American sports, we just start specializing people into roles like early on, way too early. So you have like, if you were, if you are, if you're not monstrous as a kid, they're not putting you in that. And I think in Finland and Sweden and stuff like that, there's still going to be, you know, Olmark is Swedish and he's a monster, but you still have um, a little bit more of the, it's not, you still have a little bit more of the, open-mindedness i think there so I, I that's just a theory as i think we look forward i hope i'm wrong because I, I i don't want to miss out on the future 510 goalie that's great and everything yeah. like that but just the way it's going it's just becoming more and more of it's it's becoming very similar to like i don't know what the, i don't know the answer to this but like is there how many guys in the nba are, are under six foot we're like i don't like i don't know like yeah, not many. It's, it's it's like yeah it's just it's just come it's coming down to more and more of that where it's like what is the if if you're not if you're if if you're if you're a kid who's born and yeah you want to play hockey and your mom and dad aren't 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 giants i mean it's really you know when you think about it yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean great perspective Sean. i mean it's kind of all sports you know yeah. where i mean even golf you look at these guys now and they're just massive and it's driver to gap wedge, you know, I mean, the sport tennis, I mean, I, I played collegiate tennis. Craig hates when I bring that up. So I will not bring <laughs> that up this week because he makes fun of me every single time. But I, I mean, I'm five ten. I would never, <laughs> I mean, these guys are six, five, six, six, and the power with their serves is just, you know, I think my top serve might've been 95 to a hundred. These guys are maxing at, you know, 150, 160. It's crazy. And I, and I think the biggest thing, and it's like, it's, it's a, it's good, but it's, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's good, but it, it it's, it's kind of, it's led to the effect is it used to be like to go from an NBA perspective, right? It was um, one of the questions with, with guys and, and athletes that large, right? It used to always be the question of, can you, can the body take that type of beating like it's it's one thing for like so i'm 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 510 right and i grew up playing hockey and i played goalie and for me every single and i'm like an average build right every single time i dropped into a butterfly all right that's average weight and 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 tear on on knees and hips and everything like that when someone's six foot five someone's six foot six and it's the same reason why like they talk about with uh NBA players like one of the things like with like like big examples like Yao Ming in Houston right like he was like seven six or whatever and like he just couldn't stay healthy because just all of the uh the foot and ankle injuries I think it was and correct me if I'm wrong I think it was foot and ankle stuff that basically just like that was just attributed to putting so much wear and tear of a body that big and the force happening to it and the fact that we are at this spot now where I think just recovery and care for athletes is that it's such an all-time high like it's 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 so these guys so it's no longer it used to be one of those things where you can't uh the big guy was stopped from doing something because you know what doing that that much that often at that size is probably going to wear you down more but now we take such good care of athletes and recovery is caught up and we can scan things and learn things that we never knew before and it's like i i think just kind of that really started limiting all those opportunities for anyone who's under six feet tall or even six yeah. foot two anymore now to, to play certain, to get, to get into certain positions in sports. Yep. Yep. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a Jacob Chikrin update, but it's not really an update. Yeah. He will be scratched once again for tonight's game in Nashville. Here's what the Coyotes said. They said Chikrin will remain out of the lineup until something happens. So we could see this for the next few weeks if something doesn't get done. Um, you know, I mean, I guess they don't want, obviously, you know, they're, they're looking for the max. Um, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, I kind of, I was hoping the Coyotes would keep one of their really good players, but at the same time, I understand the rebuild is underway. They just have so much draft capital coming up. Um, LA was supposedly in the mix, but it hasn't been done. I'm just fascinated to see where this player is. And my other thing is when you look at the big deals that have been happening thus far, they are expiring contracts. Mm-hmm. This is two years left. So after this season, after yeah, this, so season, this season, yes. yeah, then, yeah. there's a lot of meat left on that bone at a very fair price. So I'm guessing that the hall will be pretty mighty up there. If not surpassing the deals that were done last week. Oh, I think it's definitely worth more than the deals. Yeah. Last, week. last, last week was, Last week was expiring contracts and, and and everything like that. This is, um, this is you're talking about a elite, a potentially elite. I mean, very good. I, I, just, I don't that I most don't likely you'll resign and have on your team yeah. for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna and it's gonna be. You were talking about a twenty, is he twenty four? He's still only twenty four. Twenty four year old defenseman who is a former first round pick who is just on and to do what he's done on an Arizona team that has been so bad like it's it's something where it's like can you imagine um did you watch the did you did you see the Tarasenko highlights from his first game with Panarin I didn't get to see that no but 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 like it's it's something where you go and you watch Tarasenko like having, and not that the Blues were 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 like Coyotes bad, but he goes from a situation where he's just like, uh, I'm just playing on a team that's down. There's not a lot going here. Then he goes to New York in his first game with Panarin, and he's just, he goes from having to be, he, he's he just like it was like new life in him. And so like to see what Chikrin's been doing on a very bad Coyotes team and a very bad friend, very bad hockey product for years. Um, I mean, he's got. Hundred and he's got twenty eight points in thirty six games this year. He had uh, like the, to see him be a plus, and I know plus minus isn't the greatest stat. I know, I know, I know, but whatever. Like the fact he's plus eight on that Arizona team this yeah. year, and we've seen how bad that team is. Like, can you imagine how good he would be? How good he'll be when he gets put on a good team? Yeah. And so there's going to be it. You're talking about a long term play. This is a. Um, this is a move for where someone's trying to win this year and next year and the year after 
And it is, I think the Coyotes by not by, by scratching and Barty being incredibly smart because you, in this regard, if you've decided that it's happening, you decided he's, he's moving. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing he can do right now before now in the trade deadline that helps his trade value. I'm just like, there's absolutely that. That's the end of the day. Like, he could hurt his trade value. He could get hurt. He could mm-hmm. go on a slump. He could do all of these things. There's nothing he can do that will help his trade value. The only thing that will help his trade value is the more teams in the market. And so if you're protecting this asset and you're keeping him in a gold in gold case, do not break glass, all that stuff, you're you're keeping you're 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 creating more of a certainty that you're going to get more people bidding on him and more people inside. So yeah. Um the one thing that if I was a, the other thing that it does, if I'm the Coyotes, if, if I'm, if I, if I'm, if I'm Tricker and I hope I'm personally hoping the deal gets done quicker because the longer I have to, um, the longer I sit out, the longer I have to kind of try to knock some rust off. But yeah. also, um, I mean, you're around your teammates, I, I, you're practicing. It's, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I think, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it done in the next 48 hours. We'll see. I mean, yeah. it's something where, like, if, if that happens, that wouldn't be stunning. I also think it's a space that uh, I, I do think it's 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 a you remember the deadline is March third, so yep. we still have three weeks till uh, sorry, three weeks plus three days until that actually happens. So the Coyotes could still be still wait around a little bit, and I think that may push us along a little bit further, but. If he is, if we're recording this, if we record another, if you and I record another podcast before he's getting traded, I will be kind of surprised. Well, the other thing it does is everyone's talking about the trade. What they're not talking about is this gives the Coyotes a better chance to lose, which puts them in better line for the first overall pick. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, and Bedard, man, like I was, I watched some of his stuff the other day and I worked with some really, smart hockey minds over at EP ringside who know their stuff on prospects. And that, that guy is like, that's a franchise changer and a half. You know, like, in Arizona, they could call like, it a stadium builder. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, exactly. it's, it's like, like when it's, a good college coach comes in and turns the program around and all of a sudden millions of dollars are poured into facilities. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he, he's going to put people in the stands and yeah. you know, I mean, that's a revenue generator. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got uh he has a he's going to be I don't want it's not fair. Like I I don't like when we compare players to like the next this or the next that because too often it just sets up way too many expectations. I think for True. older for older hockey fans, I think the perfect example from a uh uh a stars perspective and this is going to be digging into the stars history banks here is the uh the uh, the Brian Lawton thing where Brian Lawton wore number 98 because everyone thought he was going to be the next thing, closest thing to Gretzky. And that never panned out. Yeah. So um, I, I don't like doing that, but this is when you look at Bedard and you look at a spot where like, I've talked to people who are in the hockey scouting world who legitimately think um, by the end of his entry level contract, he could be a top, he could already be a top five player in the world yeah. by the end of his entry level contract. And, and the hype is the hype is similar to McDavid or Crosby or McKinnon. Um, I mean, McKinnon probably didn't get the hype that Crosby got, Ovechkin got, yeah. And uh, but you know, still, um, there'll be great expectations. But at the same time, I mean, 
you, you look at it just from a marketing campaign, from a team standpoint, and then you look at the national TV games that you might get after the first year based on, you know, the rise in this superstar and this, it just means so much to some of these smaller teams that haven't been faring well and are trying to rebuild Anaheim, Ottawa, Arizona. I mean, just those are three to name a few. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fascinating. So we'll uh, we'll see who gets uh, Chikrin and uh, great job pointing out what kind of player he is. And those are the kind of insights you get here on Spits and Suds. So I'm excited about tomorrow night. It should be fun. I'll be in the barn and uh, it should be a loud barn. Um, oh, God, I hate to see my Boston brethren in that barn. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. So I'm a Texan at heart, and uh, this one's going to be a tough one to watch. So hopefully hopefully the stars can silence that original six crowd that moseys into the American Airlines Center. So I'll be rooting yeah. hard for them uh, tomorrow night. You're a beast, my man. Thank you so much, and uh, we will talk to you to uh, end the week with uh, hopefully a few more points in our pocket. Sounds good, man. All right, thanks, and thanks for listening to another edition of Spits and Suds. Spread the word. Many of you are. It's great to see. We had our highest uh, download amount in January, and we continue to grow this thing. So uh, keep spreading the word that there's a local hockey show here in DFW, and it's called Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.